Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, you're in the right place. This is Business of Design and we're so glad you're here. You know, it's been busy in our office. We've got a lot of projects going on. And as happens sometimes, many of our projects are at the demolition stage. We've got a lot of raw beams and uh, gutted interiors that we are looking at all at one time, which means we're in high alert when it comes to project management. And I've got different teams working on different projects. I love this phase because so much is possible. And I find it's one of those times in a project when you are at your most in terms of being alert, because the questions that come up are critically important. So we've been dealing with things like details on a kitchen island that aren't quite working because we need a little more space in the island for a television. It's probably complicated to explain on a podcast, but probably some of you are going, I totally understand that. And then we had to box in a little HVAC section over a bar that we've been working on, and the whole family is over six feet tall. And that's going to compromise the height of the already too low ceiling in the basement. So uh, we're having to be creative about that. Uh, So many questions arise during project management. And our philosophy typically is we will be on site once a week to meet with a contractor and whatever other trade has questions. Um, And then we follow up those project meetings, of course, with site meeting notes to the clients. We have a very structured way we do site meeting notes. We've got the date of the meeting, who was present, what was discussed at the meeting, what are the next steps in the meeting, and are there any questions for the clients. And we find doing that on a weekly basis gives the clients a lot of comfort knowing that we're on the job and we have a system for managing everything that's happening. When it's busy like this, it can be really hard to take time from doing the day-to-day work of the business to work on your business. So we appreciate that you're here listening to the podcast. Uh, It helps us a lot if you can subscribe to us and rate us and love us. Uh, That is allowed us to create more programming and uh, to do some live events, which we're excited about as well. On today's episode, uh, we're going to be talking with Susan Cates, who is a professor who teaches specifically how to use LinkedIn. And I had the embarrassing task of confessing to Susan that I have always thought of LinkedIn as Facebook uh, with everybody wearing a suit. And I think she's opened my eyes just a bit on that point and giving me some pointers on how I can improve my profile on LinkedIn. One of the things I really enjoyed about our conversation was how she uses the various platforms, Facebook versus Twitter versus LinkedIn versus Insta. That's one of the things that I struggle with. How do I make time for all of those things? And she's got kind of an advice on how she manages that. Before we meet Susan, let's meet the wonderful Cheryl Horn. Hey, Cheryl, episode 49. Look at us go. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm really good. I'm good. I miss you. I'm still in Santa Monica. You're still in Toronto. Is it warmer? Yes, I think you have better weather. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, 
Yeah, no, still uh, still a little chilly up here waiting for summer already. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, tell me, we have we have something exciting coming up right away. This week, um, group coaching for premium monthly and annual members um, is happening in just a couple days, so make sure you register. Um, even if you're not able to attend, make sure you sign up. Immediately following the webinar, a copy of the recording will be sent out to those who registered. Um, and submit your questions in advance. If you're not able to attend, we'll make sure those get answered. And we're trying something new this month. So, um, We've always submitted questions um, through chat during our webinars, but now we're going to open it up to our attendees so they can actually speak with Kimberly live and ask their questions. Because a lot of our um, a lot of our members have very specific project focused um, questions, and they're not always able to convey that through me in the chat. So this will be a great opportunity to really take advantage of um, these group coaching opportunities and ask Kimberly uh, exactly what you need to know. I'm excited about it. And I tell you, I never walk away from a coaching session that I don't learn something new, whether it's a new app or technology or um, some business tips. So uh, often if I don't have the answer, I open it up and someone in the group has the answer. So what a, what an amazing community. And we're so glad you're all here. And Cheryl, I'm so glad you're here too. <laughs> I will talk to you soon. All right. Bye for now. Bye. There's one more thing I want to mention, and I'm really excited about it, and it is Business of Design's Elite Retreat in Palm Springs, October 18th to the 21st. I guarantee you, you are going to be able to take your business to the next level. You will do a self-assessment before we go on the retreat, so we make sure we tailor the learnings just to you. You will have time for one-on-one so we can really dig deep and do some coaching. You're going to work hard. We're going to have so much fun. If you love design and architecture, oh my gosh, Palm Springs is going to blow your mind because we're going to be able to feed our inspirational selves as well. This will be a soul enriching trip. We will have optional yoga in the morning. If you'd like to participate, we have a yoga instructor who will be there with us. And I can say this with complete confidence. I guarantee you this is going to improve your business. Following the retreat, we will also have three coaching sessions. So we did that because A, we want to make sure you implement what you learn at the retreat because that's one of the hardest things to do. B, we wanted this retreat to have so much value you can't say no. It will be a small group. It will be very intimate Um, come by yourself or come with a friend, you won't be alone. We will make sure that you have the best time ever. The trip itself is $24.99. We already have some signups, including a wonderful woman from Australia. So wow, thank you. I'm super excited about that. And uh, you only have to put a 50% deposit down now. More details will be coming up about the trip next week. Uh, I'm off to Palm Springs tomorrow to do some pre-planning. We will go three times before our retreat so that we can ensure you have a flawless trip that is memorable and meaningful. So please come with me to Palm Springs, October 18th to 21st. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Brought to you by Business of Design, a coaching community for independent designers like you. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too.
Susan, so nice of you to join us today. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Oh, it's my pleasure. Well, you're going to have to do the unbearable, which is sit there and listen while I read uh, a little bit about you to everybody who's listening. Uh, It's not easy to do that, by the way, when you're live. So it's good practice. Anyway, Susan Cates loves telling stories, as you're all going to hear, and inspiring small business owners and thinking outside the box. Uh, In addition to being a marketing consultant to small business, Susan is also a professor at Centennial College and Humber College. And of course, there she's teaching students the same LinkedIn principles she's going to tell all of us today. Um, Your career spans over 30 years with a strong emphasis on marketing in a variety of in a variety of industry sectors from computers to retail. And I love that about you because so often when you're working with professional who professionals who have only worked within the interior design community, it's not as powerful. So I'm glad you have that other outside experience as well. Mm. Um, and of course, good. I've seen you uh, featured in a, all kinds of media, the Toronto Star, Globe and Mail, Canada AM, CTV News, uh, etc. And uh, I love also that you reinvented yourself in 2011, you went back and you got your master's, I think. And uh, yes. it, so how was that? How, what was that process like? Uh, it was a very interesting process. Um, you know, I had been running a business and when I sold the business, I felt that I really had been out of the industry, uh, many industries for a long period of time. And I really needed to figure out a way to re-educate myself. Uh, so I sort of decided, I looked at a number of different avenues. Interior design was one of them, by the way, <laughs> because I, that's, one of my, that's one of my passions. You know, if I, if I didn't end up in marketing, I should have been an interior designer because I love that area. And I just looked at a number of different things that I could potentially go to, and I thought, what would give me the most bang for my buck? And really, you know, doing a master's was really the 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 most important I thought, and if I was going to do the a master's, then I felt like I was going to the the most important thing for me to do would be to really do a master's in business administration. So that's sort of how that all developed, and then you know, kind of going back to school was kind of an interesting process because you know I'd been out for for many 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 years, <laughs> and so it's just kind of getting reacclimatized. It was an online program that I took. However, there was a residency. And, and the funny story is I was on, you know, sort of day one of my residency and the, the woman who, you know, who I was dealing with from the administration that kind of gave me the approvals on getting accepted into the program. I looked at her and I said, what have I done? I want to quit. <laughs> she said, you'd be just fine. So, you you know, I had to get through that that little process and then managed to, to get through it. And then the two years just flew by. Well, we all can relate to that. You know, go every single time we go into a new client's home, particularly when the job is bigger than the last jobs we have under our belt, um, there's that feeling, oh my gosh, I can't do it. But so often, you know, if you face the fear and do it anyway, you get through it just fine. Um, and it sounds like you did just that. And you and I connected because of your expertise around LinkedIn in particular. And I thought, you know, you have such great strategies. It would be wonderful for all of us to hear more about that. 
Um, so start at the beginning. I know a lot of us have LinkedIn accounts. Only recently I've even started using my LinkedIn account because frankly, I, I'm not looking for a job. I'm, I'm never looking for a job. So it felt like it was just one social media account I didn't need. So start with why we need <laughs> a LinkedIn account. What's in it for us? Okay. Well, number one, it's not about finding a job and it's not necessarily about people giving you a job. Really what it is, um, and I was actually listening to some of your previous uh, podcasts, it's uh, uh, about branding. And really LinkedIn is just an extension of your branding message. So you really need to look at it from that perspective. You don't necessarily have to look at it from the perspective of I'm, I'm looking for a job or I want to find a job or I want a recruiter to find me because that's not the objective of it in many cases because there's more people on there that are like you and and like me who tend to be consultants and we're just using it as an as another vehicle for our branding in fact i don't have a website i use this as my website so when someone asks me you know what where can i go to find out more about you or can i go to your website i just send them off to my linkedin page and you know i could actually develop a linkedin page for my business if I wanted to that would also be linked to the LinkedIn um, platform. But it's it's really a branding opportunity. And I think that's what, what people tend to forget when they're thinking about LinkedIn. They, they see it more as a, oh my goodness, it's another Facebook or it's another, you know, I already have Instagram. What do I need this for? So I think that's, that's the number one message that I would want to share is that it is an extension of your branding about your branding and your branding message. Okay. That's a good place to start because I have to say now that you said that, I can confess to thinking that LinkedIn is Facebook with people wearing suits. That was kind of like, I picture everybody on LinkedIn wearing a suit and tie, uh, which is ridiculous, of course, because I'm not wearing a suit and tie and I go on there sometimes. And okay, so it's an extension of my brand. It's possible a client could find me on LinkedIn rather than my website too. So it's important that it's consistent with my website if I have a website, isn't it? Absolutely. And it should be consistent. It should, your picture should be the same as the picture that's on your website. The picture on your LinkedIn page should be exactly the same as it should be on your Twitter. This is really, uh, this is really an exercise in what they call integrated marketing, meaning that all elements should all be sending the same message. So you don't want to have on your, your LinkedIn page a professional picture and then on your Facebook page, you know, a party picture. So you really want to make sure that they're all alike. Uh, and also what I find, because one of the things that's really interesting about sort of the way we do business, and, and you know this probably better than I, that it's all very much referral based. So if someone says, you know, I, I heard about a, a designer, an interior designer that's named so-and-so, uh, what they, the very, very first thing they're going to do is Google them. And so if you don't if you don't have a LinkedIn profile, then it might be a little more difficult to find that particular individual. But the minute you have a LinkedIn profile, LinkedIn has such amazing what they call search engine optimization, SEO, that usually the LinkedIn um, page is the first one someone will see. So, you know, it, it also helps through that sort of referral 
business that we tend to get a lot of because they're going to put your name in and then the LinkedIn profile will come in and then you will look at them. And then um, within that, uh, then sometimes they'll go next to your website. So, you know, it, it's sometimes interchangeable, but but I've, I do find that when I'm looking for someone, their LinkedIn page is the first thing that comes up. Okay. Interesting. You use the term integrated marketing. And when I hear a term like that, I immediately think corporate. And I think somehow (laughs) that that's not for me. But the reality is it's really important for small business owners to have integrated marketing. Well, integrated marketing is just a fancy word for just making everything consistent. You know, it's a very fancy word and it sounds very, you know, academic and very professional, but it really just means that, you know, your business card, which again, most, you know, you can't sort of operate without it, even though some people say that the business card is dead. I don't believe that because you still meet people and you still need to kind of exchange it. Whether they hold on to it is a different story, but you still need it as a, as a, as a starting point. So you start with the business card. So your business card will also have, again, either your picture or your website, and then you have your website, and then you have your LinkedIn profile, then you have your Twitter handle and your Twitter profile, you have your Instagram. In some cases, you might have Pinterest. You know, some people even go beyond that. If, if you're dealing with a much, much, much younger audience, you might even have Snapchat. So, you know, it's all about having all that sort of integrated into one and having a similar message you know, being sent out. Um, and, and, and interestingly enough, you know, small businesses really do use all these, all these platforms in order to help promote their business. Which one someone will go to, you don't necessarily know. And each one should be used a little bit differently. And I think that's really important. That's an important message to, to send out there as well. Not everything needs to be the same. So what you might, what you might be tweeting about, um, using Twitter, might you, what you might want to use Twitter for might be quite different than what you might use LinkedIn for. They are different platforms, uh, but they are all important platforms when you do run a small business or any size business for that matter. Okay. And that's where we're going to go next. But I want to check in on this idea of your photo using the same photo throughout. So obviously, this is going to be a really important photo and it's part of your brand. So you want to have that photo done professionally. Are there any other tips for getting it right when you do those photographs? Well, you know, the, the photo should be a reflection on, on what you want, what message you want to send out to people. So, for example, if you are a little more glamorous and that's sort of your style, then I would have a little more of a glamour shot. But if you're very down to earth, then I would keep it a little more down to earth. Like you don't need to, you know, if you're sort of down to earth, don't go and get your hair done, you know, in a bouffant, for example, yes. <laughs> you know, that doesn't kind of reflect who you are. It, the picture should really reflect who you are okay. uh, just like like just like any other picture would and that's why you know you want to you know I try to I have one picture that I have on my Facebook page with with me kind of laughing because I have two pictures one that's that's on you know that I have sent out um, and that's on my LinkedIn page I don't use my laughing picture as much they're exactly done by the same photographer but they were just one was a little bit more a little friendlier but I use both so I have both on my LinkedIn my I'm sorry my Facebook page so that 
someone can get a sense of, you know, who I am. And, you know, I try to, I try to project that I'm easy to get along with, I'm friendly, I'm easy to talk to. Uh, and that's the image that I try to project. The, the other thing that I will mention, going back to the picture, is one of my signatures, as, as many of my colleagues and my students have, have noticed is that I tend to wear black <laughs> almost all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's... either black or black and white. <laughs> okay, uniform time, yeah. My uniform, exactly. And so in my LinkedIn page, I always I've always got something like my, my photo has a, a a black top on. I'm not wearing something, you know, wildly colorful. And I've right. kept the background pretty simple so that again the focus is on me. Now that's not to say that you might not want to take a picture in because, you know, being interior designers, you might want to take a picture on a couch because that's also a bit of a reflection of the type of style that you have. Right. So, you know, or you might want to do it in front of a, a house style. Now, I, I heard in one of your podcasts about marketing and how uh, branding and how, you know, you don't want to be specifically, you know, French country, for example, or you want, you don't want to be ultra modern. So you might want to stay away from, from using those kind of backgrounds. It's really about kind of developing that, that idea of who I am, what do I want people people to think about me? How do I want them to view me? And then doing picture accordingly. Okay, so there's a, oh, go ahead. I I was going to say, you know, the best examples, and I say this to my students as well, by the way, the best examples of, you know, how to kind of build your brand and how to utilize it is real estate agents. They are absolutely amazing because they have each one of them have their own signature that they're trying to put on. And they're small business people, really. They are trying to put their own signature on the, the way they do business. And so they use the, the backgrounds and their, their photos as a reflection of who they are. So that's, a, that's also a really good way to, to, to kind of think about, you know, who I am and what I do. And, and, and they're a really good model. I, I find that, you know, they're just excellent models for people to, to look at and say, how can I utilize that in my business? And you mentioned uh, being photographed on a sofa or something like that. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. you do want to be niche. You know, sometimes you really yeah. do want to be 100% modern or contemporary, in which case you could have that image in a crisp focus. And I would think the other thing is, you know, for some people, they want to stretch themselves and do jobs that are bigger and more glamorous and more exciting than their current jobs. And if that's the case, take your picture in the kind of environment you want to create. Don't limit yourself to using your own home, et cetera. And then one final thing about the photograph, and we'll move on, but for interior design professionals, I do think you have to be careful that your photos aren't too glamorous and don't have a come-hither look because it's typically typically, uh, (laughs) the female partner who does the hiring often, not exclusively, of course, it's a generalization. Uh, But I have seen some photographs that I think, oh my God, I wouldn't hire that person for, um, to come into my home uh, with that kind of look on her card. So do be aware of that. You know, you can't help it if you're gorgeous. I get it. <laughs> but you might want to just play that angle down just a little bit uh, as a professional photo. Oh, I, I agree. I agree totally. It's, again, it's really about what you want and how you want to be portrayed. You know, I, 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 
I, I really think that it's just a matter of trying to figure that out. But if, if that's something that you want, if you want that glamour look, which some, you know, that's absolutely fine because that just, you know, that might be something that, you know, someone is attracted to. Maybe your clientele wants someone who has that kind of a look. So, you know, it's, it's, but I agree with you. I agree with you. You don't want someone that's, that's, that's over the top, but again, it really is just dependent on the individual. Right. So I do my branding work with a company called Heuristic and I'm going to follow their lead a little bit. And they're, they're, if they are listening, they're probably like sh- sh- shaking their head and saying she has no idea what she's <laughs> talking about. But every single time I work with them on a project, it starts with the words. It starts with a description of who I am. And oddly, yeah. you would think that I would be great at providing a description of who I am, but I'm really not very good at that. So they do a little research. They reach out to some of my clients and customers and they ask questions about how I'm perceived out there. And then they fire that back at me and I'm always kind of, wow, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I wouldn't have been able to articulate that. But it starts with words. So would you recommend that we go through that exercise before we take the photos because that's what they do? I'm just curious. Oh, that's an excellent idea, actually, because, you know, you want to get a sense of what are people thinking of you when you are taking that photo? You know, do you want to have like a huge smile on your face or do you want to, you know, be a little more subdued? Uh, and and I, I love the fact that you said it's all about the words. I mean, you've, you've literally taken the words right out of my mouth. That's what I tell um, student, my students all the time. It's the words. It's so important because the words are really the reflection on what it is that people are saying about you and how you write it down. And, you know, the picture is the first thing. And by the way, that's the very first thing people are going to look at um, when they're looking at your LinkedIn profile. They're going to make a decision based on that picture. I know that seems a little unfair. Um, and I tell my students that all the time. I say, you know, I know it's unfair for you to um, I know it's a little fair for you to think that someone's going to judge you on your picture, but they do. So make it the best that you possibly can. So, but then the next thing is the words. And I do like that idea. I really like that idea. You know, go out and find out what people are saying about you. We, in fact, one of the things that we do a lot um, in the classroom and even with small businesses, I even tell small businesses to go out and, you know, do a self-assessment. Like there's lots of self-assessment tools out there there and then figure out what are what are some of the words that people say about you because some of the things that that those self-assessment tools give you are again the language that you can use that you can put back into your LinkedIn profile some things that you don't necessarily think of yourself um, but the words come back and and in fact um we did an exercise we do this exercise in the classroom and I've done it actually I tell everybody to do it with a with a a group a a company called or a a website called strengthsquest.com and it's uh, sort of done by the Gallup people and it's really wonderful because when you go to it and it's 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 a nominal cost it's like ten dollars they come up with five of the key words that then relate back to some other things that you can use to talk about yourself. So, you know, and, and I, I think both sides are important where you go out and you do the self-assessment and then getting back feedback from, from people saying, you know, how do you feel about me? <laughs> right. uh, because I think that's really important too, because like you said, 
you don't always, you're not always clear about what you're projecting out to others. Right. It might be a worthwhile exercise to have someone else do those interviews on your behalf because I suspect that a customer might have a hard time saying, you know, I really love you, but your tardiness is a problem or um, we like yes. working with yes. you, but I can't stand that it takes three days for you to return an email. I, I think it might be a good exercise. You know, if you've got a buddy out there in the design world and you could each right. phone three clients on behalf of the other one. Um, right. You know, and then be open to what you learn because it might not be 100% positive. There might be a couple of constructive things that you want to change. Uh, but what great information to have, Right. Right. The other way to do it, by the way, if, if say, you don't want to, you can, this, the other way to do it, because again, it's about an anonymity. So, I mean, there's tools like SurveyMonkey that you could be sending out to your client base or people that you know, and just, and there's, and they just get it, but you won't, you won't know who responded in what way. So just in case that's, that you feel uncomfortable or you don't want to hire somebody else, right. it's a very simple thing to do. So SurveyMonkey, is is another one that you could be using for feedback purposes. Okay, great. We're going to put links to both of those, Strength Quests and SurveyMonkey, on the show page uh, under Susan's episode. So you guys don't have to, you know, try to text and drive at the same time if you're listening to this in the car. Um, Okay, so we've talked about that. It's important to have that, that introduction summary crisp clear and concise and I think pithy. I don't think people want long-winded explanations of who you are anymore. I think that's dated. So as brief right. as possible. And then what what else beyond that summary uh, introduction to who you are in a great photograph, what should we be thinking about next to maximize LinkedIn? Oh. Okay, so I would almost, uh, the, I'd say the second thing to do, the summary is really important, and we'll talk about summary for a second, um, but let me just go back to your, your title. It, in, um, in LinkedIn, it, when you're signing up, either when you're either changing your profile or whether you're uh, uh, actually st- starting out and, and, and opening up a LinkedIn profile, it says, what is your title? And, and people get stuck on that because they look at it and say, oh, my title. Well, I'm, I'm an interior designer or um, I am the director of interior design at ABC Company or I'm the CEO of the interior design firm or whatever um, they want to say is their title. But one of the things that you have to look at is that it's not just a title, it's a headline. Just like you would have a headline in in the newspaper, um, and you can use it as a headline for your business. Again, this goes back to the branding idea. So if you've got, you know, if you've got some kind of a message that you want to send out to someone or to the world, then you can use it. Like, for example, you when you looked at my LinkedIn profile, you saw that I, I talked about LinkedIn right in there. Well, why do I do that? I do that because I want to be known for someone who talks about LinkedIn and helps others in the LinkedIn, help, helps others to understand more about the LinkedIn world and the LinkedIn community. So, it's right there in that headline. So what are the words that you want to use to brand yourself so that someone who looks at it um, can say, oh, yeah, that's the kind of person I want to work with. Okay. Or you're a specialist. 
if you know, you, again, yeah, going if back you just to say image, you're an interior I, designer, or if you just say you're an interior designer, you're missing an opportunity to you're you're making yourself a commodity almost, right? So you're saying right. niche it a little. Niche it, niche it, more than niche it, differentiate it. It's about differentiation because, you know, if, if I, if I go to LinkedIn right now and I look up interior designer when if I'm searching, they all look the same. Interior designer, interior designer, interior designer. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean much to me. I am looking for an inter- interior designer that specializes in condos. I'm looking for an interior designer that understands, um, you know, organizational needs. I'm an interior designer that has a French country look, or I'm an interior, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, I can work with your ideas and make them into, you know, into uh, bring them to reality. You know, what are the, what are the words that you want to use that will define you? Because that's what's going to differentiate you from the next interior designer. Okay, good. So it sounds it's, probably true that people read the title often and don't even read the summary. So get your headline in there up front. Don't bury your exactly. lead. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's why I say the picture and the headline are, are so critical because that is the first thing that they're going to look at. And I'm going to tell you the same, same as with any other you know, medium, we, you know, YouTube is the same, um, you know, Instagram is the same. We spend about six seconds looking at something. If it doesn't attract us from the, the moment that we look at it, then we'll go, we're going to move on. So you've got to grab them in that first six seconds that they're looking so that they will uh, continue to look through your LinkedIn profile to find out more. And then, you know, see, oh, yeah, that person did condos. Okay, great. I wonder what condos they did. I wonder if there's some pictures. I wonder if I should go to their Instagram. You know, so it starts to have you. you what you're trying to do, uh, I, I love to use this, what you're trying to do is build their curiosity. You want to get them curious about who you are so that they will they will dig deeper into who you are so that you have a greater chance of getting that that contract, that deal, that job, right? It whatever makes so it is much, that It makes so much sense when you say it, you know, but if you're not consciously aware of these things, as you're creating that page, you just kind of throw down some rote, boring about me stuff and you miss a great mm-hmm. opportunity. Okay. So that's the title. Exactly. Um, and then how, what, what then needs to happen in the summary? Well, the summary can is again a bit of a reflection on who you are. One of the things that has happened in the LinkedIn world is they've they've uh, basically um, not allowed us to say too much in in the summary unless you click on it. Unless you click on it and it says see more, you're you're really not going to see too much in the first two lines. So you have to make the two, first two lines really impactful. So in the first two lines, I've actually just recently changed mine uh, based on a conversation that I was having with someone um, that I I thought was brilliant, just brilliant. Uh, So I'm not going to take credit for it. It it did come from somebody else. But he said the way to look at your LinkedIn summary is 
like you're running your business, what would you say to someone who's coming to your business and how would you welcome them? So I think mine says, welcome to my LinkedIn, welcome to my LinkedIn page. So think about it from that perspective. Like you want to make it welcoming. You want to make it sort of friendly or, you know, so that someone says, oh, you know, this is someone that I would like to talk to. Now, it doesn't have to be that because, again, not everybody is is open to having absolutely everybody come and contact them. I am. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to have conversations with just about anybody on LinkedIn as long as I can see that there's a mutual ben- mutually beneficial. But so that's one approach. The other one would be, again, um, getting right to the point. What is it that you do? Who are you? Um, I'm a committed, dedicated interior designer that focuses in on, you know, dealing with small spaces, maximizing small spaces um, that, that make people feel like, like that make people feel as if it's big, for example. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure it, it could be said much better. I'm not the greatest writer in the world. But that kind of an idea so that if I am going to read it, immediately I get a sense of where where your strengths are. And I think that's the other thing that we have to look at. It's, it's almost like a strength statement right at the beginning of your summary. Right. So you have those two different approaches. You can do it as, a, you know, welcome to my business, welcome to my business page, welcome to my LinkedIn page, or thank you for stopping by. That's another thing that people have said on it. Thanks for stopping by. I would love to talk to you further about your, your interior design needs. If you're looking for someone who's, who is really committed to, again, I keep going back to condos because I know there's a lot of business in the condo area. Um, you know, I mean, there's lots of business everywhere, but I, I know that that seems to be something that, you know, people do think about, uh, certainly young people, uh, you know, and, and people are going at the other end of the bay when you you're downsizing because I went from a big house to a smaller house and, you know, dealing with downsizing was a huge issue. So, you know, focus, <laughs> you know, looking at that, it, I think is really, really important as well to, so that you, again, you define who you are in that summary, okay. you know, and the summary could be actually similar to something that, that you've said in your, on your website, but maybe pared down to two sentences. Cause honestly, yeah. really beyond that, if, they click on it, then you can go into more detail. But it's those first two lines, again, going back to something that you said earlier about the words, those first two lines and the words that you use are really are going to be the magic as to uh, whether someone's going to then reach out to you um, for to the next step. You know, this is really, you know, in the sales process, this is just step one in the sales process. If they, if they see you and they know you and they like you, then they might get in touch with you. And that's really what you want them to do. Right. So okay. that they make that phone, you know, they want, you want them to make that phone call. Right. And it's a two-way street, right? I need to get in touch with them too. So I want to talk a little bit about that protocol because what okay. I have found happens uh, sometimes, I won't say often, but sometimes somebody will make a request to be a friend on LinkedIn. And so you allow it. And then suddenly I get an email from them selling me carpets. And that's right. not why I befriended them. And I, to me, that's just really aggressive and makes me not yes. want to have them on my LinkedIn page anymore. So, so tell me Correct. how we can use that um, interaction okay, so- better. Well, this is an excellent question. I'm glad you asked because I think that's a, that's something that people 
are always leery of. So the very first thing that I would do is if someone is sending you a request, I always view their profile first. I view their profile and I look at them and I think, is this somebody that I would like to have in my network or not? And and by the way, if you there's a lot of sort of algorithms that go on in the link to in the in the internet world. Sometimes those uh, message that those generic messages that you get might have been someone just allowed their um, they, you're in a database somewhere and they're just sending you that generic message. So one of the things that I look at is have they personalized the message to me specifically? Have they asked me for something specifically and for a reason to connect? Okay, so that's one of the things that I look at. Um, if it is a generic message, then I kind of look at it and I go, okay, who is this person and what do they do and what value would they bring to me? And if you don't see anything, just don't accept it. Right. There's nothing wrong with not accepting someone's invitation. Um, but it goes back even one one step where you have to um, come up with a strategy for yourself. Like, what is my strategy? Like some people, for example, and I've heard this a lot from from small business people, they don't want their competitors on their link, you know, to be connected to them on LinkedIn. Well, why? Well, because they don't want them to see they don't want to they don't they don't want them to see who their clients are or who they're doing business with because right. then they might backtrack it and go hey you know you're you're an interior designer you've been working with Kimberly well you know what i do things better than she does you don't want that you know mm-hmm. or um have you considered a second opinion on something that you're doing you don't necessarily want want that now you might want to do it because you say you know what i'm extremely collaborative i might not be able to do a certain thing but i have another interior design friend over here that might be able to help and you might want to use it as a back and forth referral system that's again it's a strategy what do you want to do with it how do you want to approach it neither one is right and neither one is wrong it's just how you feel where your comfort zone is and then you can make those those decisions as to whether you accept those invitations or not Okay, it sounds like you it might be a good idea, and I don't know why this would surprise me. Of course, it's a good idea to set an intention around what you want to get out of your LinkedIn page. Is it just Absolutely. a place you want to hang out and be friendly, or is the intention, I want to groom new clients, I want to get new clients, in which case you want to be ultra-focused on every um, on that aspect every single time you add someone new to your network. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, and, and I do it all the time. I do it all the time. I'm constantly reaching out to people and, you know, and usually, I mean, every once in a while, I think by accident, and it's really an accident, a silly accident, I might send the, the message without um, something that's customized, but I always put right in my message to them before I even connect with them why it is that I'm trying to connect. Uh, so, um, as you know, I one of the things that I do over at Centennial College is I actually run the internship program for project management, postgraduate project management, and international business management students. So, 
when, immediately when I'm sending out a message to somebody that I think I would like to connect with because I might have a potential intern for them, I'll put it right in the uh, in the message. I am an internship coordinator at Centennial College, working with postgraduate project management students, uh, looking for an opportunity. Can we can can we connect? Yeah, and that to me is and, a more mature approach, and I would that that then I'm more likely to say yes to that person who's wanting to connect with me, which means I need to do the same thing when I'm reaching out to someone. And exactly. for de- for designers, we all want to reach out to media people, you know, those who write for the interior design magazines we want sure. to be in. So we also want sure. to be compelling about those requests. Well, absolutely. You know, again, when you're sending it out and saying, you know, if you want the latest information on the newest trends that are happening in the interior design world, um, you know, I'm one of your best contacts because I have X number of years of experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Can we connect? Then, you know, they'll either say yes or no. And if they do, the next thing that I always do is someone connects with me. I say, thank you so much for connecting with me. I really appreciate it. And then I reiterate what it is that I want from them. Right. And and I'll be very honest, 99% of the time, they'll end up giving me their their company email and say, let's continue this conversation. um, And here's my email address. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. I've been in the media for a long time and I was the design editor at Style at Home for 18 years. And I can tell you this, I can say this because I I am a media person. Um, Media people love when you suck up. So (laughs) if you're going to reach out to somebody who's at a magazine, you better say, I love the article you did in September on small spaces. Otherwise, you're dead with them. It's not happening. So make sure you know what they've done recently. Flatter them. Flatter them. Flatter them. Yes, that's it. Flatter them. Sad but true. Yes. Yes. And spell their name right and, you know, do your homework before you reach out. Oh, my gosh. The other thing that that I've done is when I see a fabulous LinkedIn profile, I'll say, I love your LinkedIn profile. You know, I just love what you said. Um, Or you're right. um, I I saw something that you wrote recently. I just, you know, but, but there needs to be an intention so that when you are, you know, communicating with these people on LinkedIn, they, and you want them, and they re- you really want them to accept your invitation, um, then then you really need to you need to tell them why it is that you're getting in touch. Now, having said that, you know, often and and you know this is this is just life and it's reality. They'll accept your LinkedIn profile, your LinkedIn um, message, and you know connect with you, and then nothing happens. That happens. So, you know, what I say, move on, <laughs> you know, just move on because that particular individual just might not have the time. They just, they're, they're too busy. And I have a funny story about uh, someone, I, I won't go into who it was, but some very, very senior, one of the large um, social media companies that I I did reach out to and I reached out because I was trying to get in touch with them, you know, to do some, some, some work with the, the, the college and I reached out, uh, I, let's just say May, and never heard anything. I thought, oh, oh, well, not a big deal. I'll just move on. About four months later, they accepted my invitation. And then I said, thank you so much and said, well, how can I help you? So, so sometimes it might not even be that they don't have the time to either accept it. Um, they might, they might be, they might accept it 
three months from now, you never really know because you don't know how busy they are and how often they looked at their their, their LinkedIn messages as yeah, well. And I can go gets, weeks without looking at my LinkedIn page, which isn't good. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, encouraging people to follow you and, and request you by putting out good information. So how how often do you suggest people post something to LinkedIn? Well, again, that's a, an excellent question. One of the things that's important um, is, again, going back to that strategy. You know, if you're going to use that uh, for people to follow you, decide on how often you want to send out messages. Just like any other, you know, if, if you talk to bloggers, bloggers will tell you the same sort of thing. They have They have a strategy that I will send out three blogs a week. So, you know, think about it that way, you know. How often do you have the ability? Will you actually be able to commit to to doing something on LinkedIn? So you can use it for posts. I repost. I don't actually use it to do much posting. I've done um, a little bit recently, and I was going to. I'm actually was going to post. The, you know that I'm on this podcast today, so that people know. But um, but I usually do a lot of reposting. But that's just. That's just me because, you know, I, I like to share information that's, that's happening. And, and as I share, I get people noticing me. So that's also a really good thing. But going back to the, my previous point, think of a strategy that works for you. Um, should it be once a week? If it's once a week, then you do it once a week. Now, the problem that, that has kind of happened with LinkedIn is, um, it's getting very, very busy. It's getting, it's, it's, it's kind of getting that Facebook kind of a feel where you just don't have enough time in the day to kind of roll through things. So you kind of have to think of it strategically as well. You know, what time of day do I think that someone might be looking at their LinkedIn? What, what day of the week would they, might they be looking at their LinkedIn so that if I do send something out, they will, they will notice it. You know, so it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of a strategy that you have to kind of think about because, uh, you know, it does get buried in amongst so much other, other stuff. So kind of all roads leads back to intention. And the thing is, if you're going, if you've got multiple platforms, like most of us do, you might be repurposing information from one platform to the next, rather than creating original content for each of those platforms. Um, I do want to ask, though, if we can, because we're nearing the end here, can you sort of summarize briefly for us how we should think of LinkedIn versus other platforms like Twitter, like Facebook, like Pinterest, like Instagram? Um, how do you how do you differentiate in your mind how you use those four different platforms? Okay, so let's start with uh, with LinkedIn. I look at LinkedIn as my business to business communication tool. So if I want to do business with uh, with someone, uh, I, I I love to use it because they will they will get a sense of who I am from a business to business perspective. For example, if if you're an interior designer and you need to work with you know 
contractors, you might, um, or construction people or some construction companies, then, you know, this is a great way to connect. Um, so it's, it's sort of that the business to business communication that you need to do so that you can develop a business to business type of relationship. Now, that doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're dealing with big companies. It can be small people as well. But it's also really important to look at LinkedIn as, as your professional, your business professional site so that you can get people to see you from a business perspective. So that's LinkedIn. Facebook is a little friendlier. It's a little bit more um, social. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't be professional on it, uh, but it's a little bit more of a social communication that you would do. So on LinkedIn, you might be talking about, you know, your business side of of of. Uh, of what you do, whereas on Facebook you might talk about, oh, by the way, recently I just did a home, um, and here's some pictures of it. Okay, mm, yeah. so th- th- so there's there's already a difference. Um, Twitter is about sort of again. Um, Sending out, sending out current information, sending out things that you might want to talk about sort of quickly. Oh, I just saw, you know, the, 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 there's some new material that is really exciting that could be used in whatever, you know, type of home environment um, that you're looking at. So, you know, that sort of instant kind of um, messaging that you want people to hear about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing about Twitter that I find fascinating is a lot of people are using Twitter um, almost as a way to have that one-on-one communication quickly. You know, emails are starting to die. Um, you know, if you don't have someone's text, me- their phone number, and you can't text message them, now they're they're sending them a tweet to get that that communication going. Right, so right. that that's another thing that you might want to use Twitter for. Instagram, fabulous. You know, to post pictures. You know, it's just to get people to follow you on on Instagram that can be difficult. But once you've got all those other mediums, you can even on, like on Facebook, you could say, you know, um, if you want to see more of my pictures and some of the things that I've been doing recently, go to my Instagram account so that you push them over there so they they can see a whole bunch of things that you've been doing. Okay. And Pinterest, Pinterest is more. It's more about individual product. So if you've if you've you know found something recently that you think would be really great that lots of people like a faucet for example here I found this lovely new faucet that I think you know could work in lots of different environments you know you might want to send that out through Pinterest and um, that's the kind of thing that you do with it. So those are. Those are sort of the differences um, uh, in the way you you use the different platforms. They're all integrated. Right. And going back to that concept of integrated marketing, you can, but but they're all used for different purposes. Now, not everything is right for everybody. By the way, you know, you might not need Pinterest if you've got a great Instagram account. You know, um, because especially for interior designers, I would probably I would strongly suggest that you have a really good Instagram account because people do like to look at photos. People are very visual. So I think that's really important. Facebook is really great, you know, to sort of say, you know, I've just recently finished a home. Here you go. And LinkedIn is that business to business. 
Okay, wow, that's a great way to think about all of it. But for me, I think I'm I'm definitely going to give some thought to my intention across all platforms. I struggle with this a little bit because I'm a bit of a jokester and I find sometimes my Facebook page, I have some crazy stuff on there. But I've been in my business long enough that the clients who know me and use me already know I have a quirky, weird side, so I'm not too afraid of scaring away potential clients. But if you're newer and you don't have that solid client base set up yet, you might want to be you might want to err on the side of being conservative and really sticking to your business plan across all platforms until you right. get and, all those customers your, in your yeah. Sticking to that business message that you really want to communicate. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this was so helpful. Thank you so much. I want to ask you, uh, before we wrap up, in in a quick order, what would you say are the first three or four things people need to do in order to really clean up their LinkedIn accounts? Just a quick uh, one, two, three, four, if you will. Okay. Number one, get a great photo. Number two, have an amazing headline, something that really differentiates you and defines who you are. Three, make sure that, you know, you have, uh, you know, two really strong lines in your summary. And four, add photos to your LinkedIn profile as well. Add photos because you can upload them so that people can actually see some some of the work even in your LinkedIn profile. Ooh, very good. I didn't think about that. Okay. Well, this is wonderful. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and helping us out with LinkedIn. I clearly have some work to do on my LinkedIn profile. I'm going to like uh, I'm going to go do that right now. Thanks to you, Susan. You're so welcome. It's you know we're all it's a work in progress. That's all I can tell you. It's a work in progress. And the, the, one more little tip: um, while you're making the changes in LinkedIn, make sure the notification is off. Make you know so make the changes and then turn it on, and then it will send out to the to the community. If you have it on, then it will, all as you're doing the updates and you're kind of you know playing around with words, it'll keep going out to the, your community. So oh. make sure it's off until make sure it's off until you have it right and then send put it push it on and then and then communicate with people. Oh my gosh, that's such a good tip. I never ever would have thought of that. Thank you again. It was great having you on the show. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. At Business of Design, we know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, plus access to Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.